and welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, although that is going to change very soon, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, we're certainly grateful for everyone who's coming on the live thus far, and certainly glad that we're able to um, be able to give you something um, that's going to edify your day throughout this Thursday morning. we got a jam-packed show for, um, in store for you on this morning. We're going to be talking about um, um, the concept of... of, of you know, giving to, or, or rather, trying too hard to pay for our own sins. Uh, we're also going to be talking about an, I, this idea that's out there now about there being too many baddies in the um, in the TikTok social media universe and what that means for us as a people. We're going to ask the question from the chat, why submit our will to a God who gives us free will? And then we're going to also... And talk about uh, Jason Brown, who gave up a $35 million uh, NFL contract to become a farmer in, um, and help communities to try to, um, to in order to have food. Uh, but we're going to start our conversation talking about um, two, um, two senator moments in D.C. where you have these senators just about to, um, about to fist fight one another. And why? Just, just why? But we'll talk about all that in just a moment. Uh, which again, thank you so, so much for taking the time to watch me today. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to fill out that comment box below. And we'll try to get with, um, to y'all as fast as we can. We're going to start off with a word of prayer. We're going to do a little bit of house uh, housekeeping, and then we'll jump into our first story of, of today in our What Would Jesus Say segment. Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're thankful, God, that you give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth on today. We ask, Lord God, that this shall be none of me and all of you. Every word that's said, Lord God, every question that's answered today, every comment that's raised, Lord God, let it be edifying to the soul. Lord God, we're asking that you just remind us of who we are in you um, and help us to delight ourselves in you and everything that we say and do. Lord God, we're just grateful and thankful for all the blessings that you bestowed upon us from the rockets of our cradle to this present time. And ask, Lord God, that you just continue to keep your loving hands on us, uh, that you lead us and guide us into all truth, lead us and guide us into all wisdom, lead us and guide us into all understanding. Help us, Lord God, to connect to one another as the body of Christ and continue to edify one another, strengthen one another, encourage one another, and love one another as God loves us. And we're so thankful for Jesus Christ for making all this possible by dying on the cross and rising again that we may have the opportunity to call you, um, to, to call you our God, to call you our Lord, and to call you our Savior. Lord, we're just grateful, thankful for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us and ask that you just shine a big light on you and help us um, to to just uh, just continue to navigate ourselves towards you in everything that we say and do. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right. Um, so a little housekeeping before we jump in. Um, so over the past couple of weeks, you guys probably noticed that I haven't been on Monday through Friday. Um, and God has really been ministering to me over the past uh, few days, um, reminding me of my um, devotion to him. Um, one of the issues that I have as a Christian is that a lot of times my relationship with him is, is contingent upon giving others the word rather than actually getting the word for myself, devoting myself to God. Um, and so as a result of that, a lot of the times that I'm getting, that I'm involved in activities, um, for the Lord, I'm doing things for the Lord, um, but I'm not doing them with just me and him. 
And so as a result of that, I was getting burned out. Um, I wasn't as effective on my job, wasn't as effective in the home, wasn't as effective, you know, in my um, in my daily affairs with my friends and with my family. And so God has been ministering to me and he and he let me know that, hey, you know, this show is great. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to minister to you guys um, as often as I do. Um, but my first priority it's him, and then after that, it's my family. After that, it's my job, and after that, it's then y'all. And so, um, so God is at, has um, has reminded me of, of that, and I'm so going to scale back the um, the schedule of when we're on the show. Um, next week, I'm gonna take the whole week off. Gonna do some revamping, do some reorganization, um, enjoy some Thanksgiving. Um, and then we'll come back on that following week with a brand new schedule of when the show will be on. And so be looking for posts in the near future about when we're going to be coming on. Um, and so that way you'll know when to expect, um, the show to return. Um, and I do thank you guys for your prayers and thank you for the messages. I did receive them all, um, over the course of the past couple of days about your, um, about being concerned for me, Michigan man, you, you, one of my day ones, I do appreciate you for reaching out. Um, and so again, I just needed to do some, some, some private time between me and the Lord, um, and to rejuvenate and to refresh and to get my mind right for, you know, what's, what's ahead of us moving forward in the name of the Lord. And so again, that, so be expecting a change, um, within these next couple of weeks of how the show, in terms of the schedule of the show, um, but know that the show, whenever it does come on, we're going to give y'all some good gospel, some gospel wisdom, some gospel nuggets and some gospel instruction. And so speaking of, in our What Would Jesus Say segment, we're going to be talking about these senators who decided that it was, rumble, it was going to be a rumble in the jungle. <clears throat> and so, um, and so uh, we're going to be looking at um, from November 14, 2023, this guy says, stand your butt up. This fight nearly breaks out during Senate hearing until Bernie Sanders steps in. Tensions erupted on Capitol Hill on Tuesday after a fist fight nearly broke out in the Senate hearing and a Republican congressman accused former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy of assaulting him. At a Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee hearing, an argument almost turned into a fist fight between GOP Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma and the president of, Te of the Teamsters Union, Sean O'Brien. The exchange occurred when Mullen, a former MAA fighter, MMA fighter, recalled an interaction he had with O'Brien in June on Twitter. At the time, they discussed um, engaging in an MMA fight for charity. Um, Mullen read aloud O'Brien's original tweet. Um, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made in reality is a clown and a fraud. Always has been, always will be. Quick, the tough guy acting these Senate hearings. You know where to find me anyplace, anytime, cowboy. The tweet also also said, quote, um, I mean, hashtag little man syndrome. It showed a picture of Mullen at a debate where he was standing at the pedestal on a podium. Um, and so then Mullen then said at the hearing, sir, this is a time, this is a place, you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults, we can finish it here. Okay, that's fine, perfect, O'Brien said. You want to do it now? Mullen replied, I'd love to do it right now. O'Brien said, then stand your butt up then, said Mullen. You stand your butt up, said O'Brien. <laughs> Mullen then stood up in the committee chairman, Senator Bernie Sanders of, um, Independent of Vermont, stopped the altercation from happening, yelling at Mullen, stop it, no, no, sit down. You know you're a United, you're, um, a United States senator. Um, <laughs> the entire episode devolved with Mullen and O'Brien calling each other names. Not normally heard in committee hearings, but they did not get physical. The two appeared to conclude their exchange by agreeing to have coffee together. On the other side of the Capitol Hill, um, 
Representative Tim Burchett, uh, Republican of Tennessee, who who voted who voted to oust McCarthy. I don't know why that matters. Um, oh, wait, I know. I understand. As speaker last month, said that McCarthy had elbowed him in the kidneys while Burchett was speaking to reporters in the hallway. Burchett said he believes it was 100% intentional. We're telling reporters, oh, it was 100% on purpose, ma'am. What are the chances? 435 members of Congress, eight of us voted against him. I'm the one who did it. I'm one of them who did it. He publicly called me out. Burchett said that he chased after McCarthy to confront him about and confront him and that the former speaker didn't know what Burchett was talking about. McCarthy denied that he attacked Burchett, telling reporters if I kidney punched him, he'd be on the ground. Um, all right. So, listen. Like, <laughs> like I. <laughs> This is what it's this is this is what this this is what it's come down to now, man. Like we just we just we don't care no more. We just we just don't care no more. We we don't care no more. Uh, we've come to a point in our um in our political um system where we just do not care no more. Like we we don't care about decorum no more. We don't care about <laughs> we don't we don't we don't care about politics policy no more. You know, we out here, we out here fighting about Twitter. <laughs> out here fighting about X. You well, you said this about me. You ready to go? Let's go. Like, this what we this this what we doing now. It's what we do now. Like we 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 have grown so flipping petty, so flipping petty that you know we we supposed to be trying to take care of the people of this nation. But instead, we oh, we up here grinding, you know, personal axes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, you said this about me on Twitter. Oh, let's fight. All right, let's fight. Well, you stand your butt up. You stand your butt up. Here come your butt. Here come your butt. <laughs> I can't go. I got a big chest. You got a big chest? I got a big chest. Here go my chest. <laughs> like, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? And, and th these are the people, these are the people that we voted for. <laughs> these are the people <laughs> that we voted for to represent us in Congress, to represent us in Washington, to represent us. Like, this is, this is what we're doing now. Like, it has turned into high school. Like, we are literally watching grown babies, grown children, grown kids, up in Washington, supposedly fighting for us. Like, but, <laughs> just okay, okay. Like, you can't make this stuff up no more. Gone are the days where being in Washington and being in Congress and things, it seemed like there was a level of untouchableness to them, and there was like this level of decorum and this level of prestige. Where, you know, it, it really felt like you were, it wasn't just about, like, um, politics. It was, it was a pageantry to it. 
Like there, there seemed to be a, there was a, there was more to just being senator. I mean, corruption's gonna happen regardless. I mean, corruption's been here since the dawn of time. So no one's saying you know that there wasn't gonna be a lot of bad stuff going on. But there just seemed to be a lot. There seemed to be a lot more decorum even in the days of the '80s and the '90s. You know when we had Bill the Bill Clinton scandal and everything. Had Watergate. Um, no Whitewater. I mean Whitewater because I went around during Watergate. Um, but, um, but during the whitewater scandals and all this type of stuff, there was still a level of decorum, still a level of like professionalism. That's the word I'm looking for. A, a level of professionalism that we saw among our leaders, you know, that, Hey, I'm not going to just be out here just wilding, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm still going to hold some decorum and, and it's crazy. And maybe it's because of social media. I don't know, but it just seems like nowadays post you know, the Trump era, that everybody now is just like, you know, I'm going to just wild out. I'm going to just wild out because it don't matter they, they, who go, who's going to vote me out. You know, nobody's really going to, you know, care whether or not, you know, I'm in office or not. So I'm going to just do what I want to do. And then in, in, in six years, you know, I'm going to get ready for my reelection. Nobody's going to care about what I did five years ago. And we're going to mention it one time during the debate. And it's going to be it. And they're going to vote for me anyway. Like, I think gone are the days it feels like to me where people care anymore. Like, they're just like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Look, Trump did what he wanted to do. And he got to be the president for four years. So I'm going to just do what I want to do. And, you know, it's not going to matter. Nobody's going to care because I'm going to get to do what I want to do anyway. And so, and so it seems like, you know, people nowadays just do not care no more. You know, up in, up in these offices. And they're just going to do what they want to do. And it, and it and again it, it goes to show that we as a people you know our we gotta really w watch our hearts we really gotta guard our hearts you know we've been talking about gods at war and we're not gonna talk about it today uh, but you know we've been talking about gods at war and we look and see how you know insidious our hearts can be when it comes to the things that we want and the things that we need and the things that we desire and for a lot of people, like they like they thrown they thrown just whatever decorum out the window because they as long as I'm in this seat, as long as I got power, I don't care. I'm not I'm not caring about the people. I'm not caring about my uh, reputation. As long as I get to sit in this seat, that's all that matters. And who's gonna take me out the seat? Nobody's nobody's paying attention. Nobody cares. Nobody that that actually can make a difference is really caring about what I'm saying or what I'm doing or whatever. And so. It just really feels like we're 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 in this age where anger and vitriol and you know and passivity is the name of the game now. Like I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be mad and it's gonna get me likes. It's gonna get me you know news clippings. It's gonna get get me put on social media. It's gonna have me being talked about on the Daily Show. It's gonna have me you know um, they're gonna want to interview me and talk to me about what happened and ask me why and all this other type of stuff. And they don't care anymore about, hey, can I be in this seat and actually make some difference and actually do some real policies that's going to help the people who are in need? Like, we, like things are, are haywire, um, it feels like anyway, uh, in a lot of areas of our lives. And, you know, it seems like gone are the days where our politicians really do give a darn. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, there used to be a time where we kind of knew they didn't, but at least they looked like they did. And so the fact that they looked like they did gave us a little bit of hope, but now they they just wilding like they don't they don't care like oh yeah look listen I'm a senator I'm a fight anyway 
you, you, here come your bus, here come your bus. Like, you know, we just, we just go, we just go, whatever. And, 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 and we go, and they're going to talk about us and we're going to be in a news cycle and people going to be like, yeah, see, he'll fight. He'll fight for us. And yeah, now I'm going to vote for him because he's a fighter. Like, he likes to fight. He likes to argue. Yeah, I like to fight and argue. Like, dude, like, don't nobody like to fight and argue. Stop that. Well, 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 I ain't gonna say that. There's some people who do like to fight and argue, and that's a that's a really bad. Need to check that a little bit. Maybe go see a therapist. Um, but like again, it's like going on the days where people cared about the image. Like people don't care no more. People do not. It's like they just don't care anymore. And it's like this is the this is where we're at now. And these are the people. And I think that's that's really what it, where it's boiling down for me. These are the people that we voted for. These are the people who come into and lie to our faces. Let's call spade spade. Lie to our faces and say, if you vote for me, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is what I'm going to do for you. This is what I'm going to do for you. And we eat it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to do this stuff for us. And, you know, oh, he's a Republican, so I'm going to vote for him. I ain't even going to look at his policy record. Or he's a Democrat. I ain't going to look at his policy record. I'm going to vote for him because he's Democrat. You know, and we don't, we don't check these folks. We don't check them. We don't. We we ain't checking no heart posture. We ain't checking no pulse. We ain't checking nothing. And as a result, like we put these people in office and expect them to do great things for us, and come to find out, man, they ain't doing squat. Except trying to get their likes up. Like the the one senator, um, uh, I think her last name is Bobert or something like that. Like you know, what is she doing? I don't know if she's in the Senate or she's in the House, but it's like, what is she doing? Just because she looks like Lacey, um, Lacey, um, uh, Lachey, Lacey, uh, Lacey Schaubert or something like that. I think that's her name. Lacey, uh, uh, Lacey Chabert or whatever. You know, she, she's pretty and got, and wear the glasses and long hair and all that. She's wild out. She go to the, go to the, um, to a, a, a theater or go to the concert or whatever and just wild out. And don't nobody care. I'm a senator. I can do what I want to do. And don't nobody call her out. Don't nobody do nothing for her. Nothing new, nothing to her at all. Don't get censored or nothing. But then you have this whole, this woman who's standing up for her people. Standing up for her people. Her people. I uh, can't remember what her name is. And she gets censored because she's standing up for her people. Like, that's her people that she's standing up for. Oh, she got to gotta censor her. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. We got to censor her. How dare she speak up for her folk? Like, we are so backward now. We backward. Like, so we ain't gonna hold we ain't holding people accountable for the bull crap that they do, but the second somebody wanna stand up for truth and justice and all that, oh we gotta censor them because how dare they? How dare how dare they, you know, say, you know, to stand up for their own race and stand up for her own, you know, ethnicity. How dare she ah. Like we we are so flipping backward. So flipping backward. And so again it's like, you know, gone are the days where the decorum was was in place like now anger has truly taken root in our pol in our politics a anger and frustration is the name of the game getting the most likes getting the most you know um you know getting the most views that's the name of the game now it's 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 no longer about actually do you have strong policies it's how popular can you be how popular are you how how you know how awesome you know can you be on a camera you know, how, how great can you be in social media? And, and as a result of that, like, you know, we got these people up here who really do not care no more. They did a collect the check. 
They there to be able to ride around in, in, with Secret Service. They there to, you know, do, you know, get whatever they want, eat whatever they want, you know, wild out however they want to, get as sloppy drunk as they want to, you know, get fondled if they want to. Like, you know, they, what, what are they wilding? They are wilding. And have the audacity to then say, oh, that wasn't me on the camera. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Like, we saw you. What do you mean? It's right there on camera. Oh, that wasn't me. That was, I don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't me. Like, really, dude? Really? This is what we're doing now. So, again, it's, really, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those heartbreaking things for me where, like, I... I I pray for our leaders, uh, as it says in scripture, like I pray for our leaders, you know, I pray that, you know, everyone, um, you know, is, is, is given wisdom, understanding, knowledge to be able to run this country, run the state, run the city, you know, as best as possible. Like I, I, I pray for that every day. Um, but I'm also very well aware, you know, that, you know, that broken people are going to do broken things all the time. And so it's just heartbreaking to see. More and more, this is becoming the norm. These aren't the exceptions anymore. This is more the norm. Like, we, you, we're finding every week or every other week that our senators are being caught up in some type of bull jive. Like, it's like, dude, like, where is your sense of decorum? Where is your sense of responsibility? Where is your sense of professionalism? Where's your, where is your pride in the, 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 the seat that you're in? Like... I mean, you and you, all all this money y'all making and all these people that you got, y'all can't y'all can't figure this stuff out. Like we got, we going ham now. We stay. Yeah, well, you stand up, stand your butt up. Well, you stand your butt up. Like, are we serious? We we a child. We 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 in high school. Really? We in high school. I expect I expect better from my daughters. <laughs> I expect for, better from my daughters at this point. Like, dude, like, my daughters can run Congress the way things are going right now. You know, I'd vote for them before I vote for these jokers at this rate because y'all ain't doing nothing. Y'all ain't doing a thing. Like, y'all just sitting here just, well, I make the money, so ain't nobody, ain't nobody touch me, so I can say what I want to say. You know, you want to go have coffee afterwards? Like, come on, bro. Come on. And so I'm saying all that to say in my roundabout way. You know, we as as the people of God in particular, we as the people of God, we have to be careful that we are not so dis, um, disillusioned by politics that we assume that just because someone represents what we think is, um, you know, our our way is the way um, and we got to call this stuff out like this this is not this is not this is not jesus flipping tables over i'm sorry this is this is not that and and you got a lot of people who will make the mistake of thinking that oh you know you know god endorsed this god endorsed god god, god you know this this is this was the hand of the lord and we know that god has all things under his hands and everything is being orchestrated by him but dude like these folk are just wilding they are wilding and like it's a, it's a, it's it's sad to see that this is where we're at. This is where we're at. But remember, re remember, you know, for the ten people that are watching right now, we voted for these fools. We we voted for them. So we get what we we get what we asked for. We get what we asked for. 
And so, you know, again, if you feel like this is somebody who, you know, is not somebody who needs to be up in that seat, well, when come election time, pay attention. Pay attention, make a plan, all that jazz, because God tells us to be involved in our politics, to be involved in, in the, be involved in the government, in the government system, not to, not to worship it, not to idolize it, not to put it above God in any way, shape or form, but to be involved and to um, seek the welfare of our nation. And so, you know, it, 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 it demands that we pay attention to what we're seeing and to pay attention to what's being what's going on um, in our with our policymakers, so that way we can make better decisions about how to vote, how to you know um, petition, and all those sort of things. So that way we stay abreast and informed about what's going on in the world that we live in. So again, as a believer in God, our our response to something like this should be that whatever you know we see, ha whenever we see stuff like this happening, that we make a, a conscious effort to pay attention. So that way, when it's time for us to vote. You know, or time for us to do something, we put ourselves in the best position, knowledge-wise, to make the best decisions for the nation. Um, again, you know, you don't have to be a Democrat, you don't have to be a Republican, you know, you can be your own independent mind and decide, you know, what is the best route that's going to, for the best interest of the nation and the best interest of your, of your families and, um, and your local, in your local areas as well. Um, and so again, you know, God is not a Democrat. He's not a Republican. God is God. And because he's God, you know, he's not asking or demanding any of us to, to land on any side of the aisle, but rather he wants us to stand up for the truth, to stand up for justice, to stand up for, um, the welfare of the citizens of the nation that you are currently in. So again, just be mindful, man, just be watchful and wonder, you know, and think, you know, is this, is this, is these, is these, the, these are kings, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, these are the people that we said, you know, that we want to represent us right now. They ain't really repping like I would hope they would. Um, and so we just got to pray for these jokers, man, because apparently, you know, they're going to, they're going to make an MMA ring, make an octagon for these jokers to fight in. At this point, the way things are going, they're going to put an octagon right in the middle of the Capitol. Like, oh, let's get ready to rumble and all that jazz. So, you know, it's, if this is what it's boiling down to, then y'all, um, I don't, I don't know if we're going to make it, man. I, I just don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if we're going to make it. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We are with you right now, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Grateful for the 448 likes that we have received thus far. Thank you for every like, follow, comment, and share. I'm definitely appreciative of each and every one of you. Um, if you've missed any part of this recording or want to hear past episodes, you can go to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast. We certainly thank you so, so much. When we come back, we're going to be talking about how we as the people of God sometimes will try to pay for our own sins despite the fact that Jesus has already paid for them. We'll talk about that and much more in just a moment.
watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're certainly grateful again for the 459 likes that we've received thus far. Definitely feel free to let those likes flow um, as, your, as your fingers would allow you to do so. Um, we're going to be coming out of Hebrews chapter 4 um, as we're talking about the idea of trying to pay for our own sins as the believers in God, knowing that Christ has already paid for our sins. Um, starting at verse number 1, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 1. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us, just as to them, talking about the Israelites, um, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, quote, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again, unquote. And again in the passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day today, saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, Today if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works God, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in the time of need. For many of us as the believers in God, we, we believe, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. We believe that Jesus died and died for our sins. We believe that he shed his blood so that we could live. We believe that his blood is the atonement for our sins. We believe that the blood that he shed we believe that the death that he died on that cross was for all the sins of the world, for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the past, the sins of the present, the sins of the future. We believe that Jesus died one for all in that he covered a multitude of sins. You know, his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and future return has secured our eternal glory in God. And we are enter, we've entered by virtue of repentance and belief into that rest. And yet, despite the knowledge of that, many of us have a tendency to try to pay for our sins. We try to atone ourselves 
for our for our sins. Some of us, when we have done, when we do something wrong and we're in the kingdom, when we make a mistake and we're in the kingdom, our tendency is to try to pay God back for what we've done wrong. We think that, oh man, I did this wrong thing. I did this bad thing. What can I do to make it up to God? Our heart's posture is in a good place. We don't, we don't want to hurt God's feelings. We don't want to hurt God's heart. We don't want to do wrong in his eyes. He's like, he, well, he's not like, he is our father. And what child who has a loving father does not want to look good or be good in the eyes of their, of the eyes of their father, right? And so we, as the people of God, we have a loving father who loves us and we don't want to make him mad. We don't want to make him sad. We don't want to hurt his feelings. We don't want to hurt his heart. We don't want to disappoint him. And so whenever we do something wrong, our heart's posture is in the right place. But what we tend to what we tend to forget, some of us anyway, is that when we feel that way, it's not then for us to figure out how what can I do to make it up to God? What can I do to make it right? What can I do to be better? What can I do to do to, to make God to be back in God's good graces? And when we think that way, when we start to operate in that way, we nullify what Christ has done on the cross. Because what we're saying to Jesus is, what you did on the cross wasn't enough to pay for my sins. It wasn't enough to pay for what I did last night. It wasn't enough to pay for what, I, for what I'm thinking about doing right now. It wasn't enough to pay for what I did prior to be even becoming, becoming a Christian. There's something that I need to do in order to atone for what I've done. We will punish ourselves in an attempt to get God to see just how much we love him. We will punish ourselves in an attempt to get God to, you know, love us more, bless us more, give us more stuff, keep the lightning bolts away. We will, we will fall into what Paul describes as asceticism, where we believe we have to do more to atone for our sins. That we have to punish ourselves in some type of way, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, materially, in some way, shape, or form, in an attempt to atone for our sins. We as the people of God, we as the believers in God, we have to remember that there's nothing that we can do to pay for our sins. There's nothing we can do to earn the favor of God. There's nothing we can do to earn atonement. There's nothing we can do to earn the grace of God. All of those things are free gifts that God gives us by virtue of what Christ has accomplished on the cross. So when we're in the kingdom, if we make a mistake along the way, as we're, as we're striving to be molded and shaped into the image of, of God, um, in the image of God, in the image of Christ from one degree of glory to the next, as we make mistakes along the way, we're not to then say to ourselves, I've got to pay for that somehow. In our hearts. I've got to make that up to God somehow. In our hearts. We have to instead ask the Holy Spirit to remind us of what Christ has accomplished for us. And recognize that all of our sins have been paid for. Again, the fact that he paid for our sins should propel us and compel us to not sin anymore. But it won't make us sinless. As Tim Ross said it the other day. 
on this podcast, it won't make us sinless, but it will make us sin less. The more that we revel in and delight in what Christ has accomplished for us, the, 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 the less we will want to sin, the less we will desire to sin. He likened it this way. He said, you know, if you ever put on the, the color white, if you put on a white shirt or if you put on white pants or you put on white shoes, you move differently because you're trying so hard not to get that shirt dirty, not to get those pants dirty because they're white. And, and so because, the, because of the color, you don't, you're, you're moving different. You're, 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 you're kind of maneuvering a different type of way. When you eat food, you eat food a little differently because you don't want to get your shirt dirty. That's what it means to be in the kingdom. We have been washed clean. We've been made clean by, the, by what Christ has accomplished for us. Doesn't mean that we still don't have the propensity to sin, but we're trying so hard not to dirty up what Christ has done for us. We're trying not to dirty up the new man that is covering that is covering us. Now, if we do get this shirt dirty, if we do, you know, make a mistake, we don't run to the late to the nearest dry cleaner to try to clean it up on our own. You ever try to get a stain out by yourself and you only made it worse? I know I have. Instead, we take it to the master who has already wiped the slate clean and will continue to make us clean, continue to put us on the proverbial washboard and clean us up every single time. We run back to the Savior. We don't run away from the Savior. A lot of us, though, what we try to do is we try to figure out all these ways in order to atone for our sins. Again, this is different from sanctification. I'm talking about salvation. We're already saved, but we're trying to save ourselves all over again. We're, we're taking God's righteousness and setting it to the side, taking God, Christ's finished work and setting it to the side and saying, I got this. I have to make up for this because God, I, I got to save myself. I want God to like me. I want God to love me. I want God to bless me. I want God to honor me. I want God to clean. I want God to, to, to adore me. And Christ is like, dude, I already do. I already have. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through me. Enter into my rest and rest, fool. <laughs> like, sit down. Our, again, our tendency as the people of God is we don't, we don't revel in the rest that Christ has given us. We, we, we rather, I got to do this. I got to work. I got to, I got to, I got to figure it out on my own. I got to figure this. I got to, I got to atone. I got to atone for my sins. I got to atone for what I've done. I got to, I got to make this work. I got to, I got to do it myself. I got to, got to figure it out on my own. And Christ is constantly telling us, no, no, you can't do this on your own. You can't do this by yourself. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Like, it's not through me. It's not through, it's not through our works. It's not through our might. It's not through our strength that we are atoning for sin. Christ accomplished all of that when he died on the cross and rose again for us. And so he tells us, 
tells us in the word, enter into my rest. Enter into my rest. Cast all your cares upon me and I will give you rest for your souls. That, that These are the words of Christ himself. But again, our tendency is we enter into the rest and then we say, okay, God, I got it from here. I got this. And so Paul tells us in the book of Colossians, don't practice asceticism. Don't fall into asceticism. Asceticism will put you in a place where you are forgetting about what Christ has accomplished and thinking that you have to atone for your sins. And if you feel like you got to atone for your sins, you are never going to rest in what Christ has given us. You're never going to rest in his word. You're never going to rest in his, in his peace. You're never going to rest in his joy. You're never going to rest in his love because you're going to think I am not worthy of being a part of the kingdom and I can never be worthy. And that, and the truth is that's 100% factual. We on our own will never be worthy of entering the kingdom that, but that's what Christ died for to get us into the kingdom. Again, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You ain't got to fight for it. All you got to do, repent and believe. Repent and believe and enter into the rest of the Lord. Is it, it, it can't be any simpler. It can't be any simpler than that for us as the believers. And as a result, we even if we make a mistake along the way, I don't have to, let me follow the Ten Commandments. Um, let me follow the Beatitudes. Um, let me go to church again. Let me read my Bible again. Let me pray seven times a day. Let me fast, ash cloth, and, you know, sackcloth and ashes. Let me, you know, let me turn off all the stuff. And let me do, we don't have to do that to atone for our sins. Again, a lot of us, what we do, which I think is the kind of the crux of the argument for me, is we will go to church to try to atone for our sins. Oh, I messed up last night. Let me go to somebody's church house to atone. Let me, let me, let me, I gotta, gotta, I gotta clean up this mistake I made. I remember I, when I was in college, there was this girl um, that I was real good friends with, and she said that she, that she, for that Monday through Saturday, Monday through Saturday, she, she gets her, her freak on, gets her party on, gets her drink on, everything under the sun. And then Sunday she goes to church to get forgiveness for, for, um, for what she did. And then once she, she leaves from church, she goes back and goes party hard all over again. Until then the next, then that following Sunday, she's right back in the church house getting forgiveness for sins to then go back and do what she's what she wants to do all over again. That is a sign of someone not resting in the in, in the Lord. That is a sign of someone who is like, I know I'm guilty. Let me make up for what I've done wrong. So that God can love me. So I'm not resting in the love that he's given me. I'm just, I'm just wilding. I'm wilding out. But I know there is a God and I don't want him to strike me down. I don't want him to beat me up. So let me go and gasp for forgiveness for the things that I've done, you know, by going to church, by praying, by, you know, singing the songs, by giving the money so that I can say, okay, God, I met the quota for the week. Now I'm going to go do what I want to do. Some of us treat God like that in the kingdom. Now I ain't talking about unbelievers I'm talking about believers. We treat God this way where, you know, I'm here, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing, what I want to do, you know, or rather I messed up. Now I got to figure out a way. I got to figure out a way to, you know, make this work. So that way God won't strike me down. God won't strike me dead. God won't hurt me. God won't, God won't lead me astray. 
Gotcha Girl um, points us to um, 1 John um, chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That is the key. That is the key. We as the believers in God have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus, that Jesus is the key. Jesus is the key to it all. We, we go to him for salvation and we go to him for sanctification. We go to him for salvation and we go to him for sanctification. And in that, we, the people of God, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I make a mistake, if I do something wrong, if I fall apart, if I do something, if I do something vile, I don't have to go and do all these things in an attempt to try to atone for my sins. Christ already did that. All I got to do is go talk to him. Hey, I messed up. Thank you for paying the pain for that, for that, for me. I didn't, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, come out here and wild out. You know, I messed up, made a mistake, fell short. Help me so that I can figure out exactly what it is that I'm supposed to be doing in you. But thank you nonetheless for not allowing what I've done to count me out of the kingdom. See, for a lot of us, we, 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 we've relegated We've either relegated the kingdom of God to where to or to this place that we currently live in right now, or we think that this is all there is. And so everlasting life with God in the new heavens and new earth is so far fetched to us that we don't we don't foresee that being the thing that we are that, that God that, that, that is supposed to be the greatest thing for us. And so we the people of God. We have to ask God to help us to remember the bigger picture, to remember what's at stake and to remember what he secured for us. And so that whenever we do make a mistake along the way, we're not, you know, we're not counting ourselves out of the kingdom as a result of the mistakes. Instead, we're running closer to the savior and saying, help me. To be better than what I was. I, I, I can't do this without you. I can't make it without you. I can't be here without you. So help me to be more like you. Help me to be more like you, your, your love. More like your grace. Help me to forgive myself. Of the things that I've done. Help me to, to, to remember. Help me to help my unbelief. Help me to remember that. I'm not out of the kingdom. Again, our heart's posture should be such to where we want, you know, we, we feel the sorrow. But that should be a godly grief, which leads to repentance and produces a salvation without regret. Godly grief is a good thing. We should feel sorrowful for the things that we've done. But that sorrow should not push us to where we're now trying to atone for our sins. Atonement has already taken place. Atonement's already been handled. Atonement's already been taken care of. So the question you have to ask yourself is, why are you, I'm talking to the saints, 
why are you having a difficult time believing that Christ has covered your sins? Why are you, as the, as the people of God, why are we having such a hard time believing that Christ has actually atoned for every last thing that you've done? It's the guilt that's written in your heart so severe that you feel like you're unlovable. That you feel like there's no way that a God of the universe, the God of the universe, could ever love a wretch like me? Do you feel within your heart that there's no way that anybody could ever love someone who has done the things that you've done, said the things that you've said, lived the life that you've lived? Because God is saying today, if you hear my voice, whoo! I see what you did, God. I see what you did. If you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. For a lot of us as believers, we are hearing the voice of God telling us, I covered that. I got that. I dealt with that. It's done with. It's over with. Christ secured. The cross took care of that. And yet we're still beating ourselves up. Tearing ourselves apart. Trying so hard to atone for what we did. To pay for the mistakes that we made. To seek retribution upon ourselves for the things that we've done wrong. Christ is saying, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired? Like, why are you, why are you burning the candle on both ends in an attempt to try to atone for something that you can't handle? You can't do it on your own. You were never designed to do it to begin with. All of this has been secured upon the back of Jesus Christ. When he got his nails pierced, when the nails pierced his hands and pierced his feet, was beat, whipped, bruised, all of that was for us. All of that was so that we could live. All of that was so that our peace with God would be eternally secure. The love of God covers a multitude of sins. God's love supersedes anything that we could do. And so we, the believers in God, we would do well to remember what Christ has done and stop beating ourselves up for the mistakes that we've made or mistakes that we're making. Because at the end of the day, all the beating yourself up, Christ already got beat up. Feel that weight, but allow Christ to enter that space to transform you. 
Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To get to get out of or get a, or or to not be just in the permissive will, but to be in the perfect will of God. Yes, we make mistakes. We we fall short. We we don't get it right. Things don't go according to the to the script all the time. But we can rest in the comfort of knowing that even if we make mistakes along the way, Christ said, I got that. Enter into the rest. Re-enter the rest. You're walking outside of the rest. Enter the rest. You're one of the sheep. We're, 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 you're walking out of, the, out of the gate. You're walking out of the gate. Come back to the gate. Come back in. You're, you're walking away. Come closer to me. Not farther away, not, not farther away from me. Draw closer to me, not farther away from me. Come here. So in saying all of that, we say once again, since therefore it remains for some to enter it and for those, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter it, again, the disobedience, again, he appoints a certain day today. Let us therefore, verse 11, strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Strive to enter into that rest. Stay in the rest. Plant your feet in the rest. Set up shop in the rest. Put a tent down in the rest. Build a house in the rest. Put it, come on, in, in the rest. Build your, build your, your, your monument in the rest. Campfire in the rest. Like, settle down in the rest. You don't have to stay out in the wilderness. You can come home. You can come home. We're in the world, but not of it. We're in the world, but not of it. So we stay in the rest. Stay in the rest. Because again, our desire is such to where we enter into that rest and we stay in that rest. Christ has secured that rest for each and every love, each and every one of us. He secured it. And so you can rest, Christian. You can rest, Christ follower. You don't have to you don't have to labor to atone for your sins. The work of sanctification is a work, but sanctification is not salvation. Salvation produces sanctification. Produces obedience. And so you can rest in the comfort of knowing that all of your sins, past, present, and future, have been atoned for. It's not a not a um excuse to sin. We're not we're not given license to sin. But what we're saying is that if you make a mistake while you're on this Christian journey, you don't have to fret. And oh, what I gotta do to make God like me again? He already loves you to the max. We love because he first loved us. So you can rest now. You can, you can relax. You're good. 
You are good. So rest now. Repent and believe. And you are in the kingdom. Repent and believe. And you are in the kingdom. There's nothing else to do but to repent and believe. If you confess with your mouth, believe with your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. All sins atoned for. Given the credit of completing the law by virtue of what Christ has accomplished. Christ did that for you. He did that for me. And he credits the righteousness to you upon repentance and belief. Not upon completing the law. But upon you repenting and believing in Jesus. So you can rest, Christian. You don't have to do anything to be in the kingdom. God will give you a heart that will compel you to follow in his precepts. He'll pour a spirit into you to compel you to walk out his precepts and walk out his ways. It's not I who lives, but it is Christ who lives in us. So you can rest, Christian. You can rest now. Because at the end of the day, the entry into the kingdom is through Christ. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one shall come to the Father except through me. So again, don't, be, don't, don't believe the hype that says that you have to work to earn your keep in the kingdom. You can't. It's not possible. If it were, it would nullify what Christ accomplished on the cross. So rest, Christian. Rest in the comfort of knowing that Christ has accomplished all these things for you and has a Holy Spirit living in you that is going to cause you to walk out his precepts. Cause you to walk out his ways, to authenticate your faith in him. The Holy Spirit leading and guiding you to do those things. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, kind of, from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly thankful for the thousand, um, well, the 1,200 likes that we've received thus far. Keep those likes coming if you so desire to do so. Um, thank you for every like, comment, follow, and share. If you have missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and listen to every episode from inception to now. When we come back, we are going to be talking about the fact that we have um, people in the world who are, um, you know, so addicted to social media that they think that social media is reality. And so we're going to talk about that and more in just a moment. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show.
Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Um, wanted to, um, in our sanctification session today, talk about the fact of, um, talk about the, the perception versus reality of the world that we live in today. Um, as a backdrop, I'm going to show this video, um, that's on, um, that's been circulating through, um, social media as of late, and then we'll jump into our conversation regarding what I'm going to show you guys. So give me a second to pull you guys out of here, flip the camera around. All right, there we go. All right, here we go. And let me hit this nice little play button. Go. Something that I think about a lot for actually no reason um, is when Hannah Montana. Bro, we as men are overexposed to baddies. Like, this is not normal. Look at that girl. Like, look at how many girls as attractive I've seen as her on my For You page. Like, we don't ever, we are overexposed. It doesn't even make sense. Because there's not this, like, we think now the world is just like baddies. They. Every girl's a baddie. No, like she's one, and then there's like one far away, and another one far away, and another one somewhere in Abu Dhabi, and they're making these videos, and we think they're everywhere. They're not everywhere. I think we need to see as men it is for what it is. Just beautiful women, like a beautiful sunset, but we cannot fall in love, like have feelings just because of their beauty. Remember this. Is she acting on her emotions or is she acting on her values? So initially I watched that and of course we know Ashley. I remember I was a senior in college, went on my Instagram and I saw this girl at Temple University. I looked at her and said, that is the most mathematically good looking face I've ever seen. I think you showed it to me and I was like, my followers she has, she's gotta have like 100K, 4,000, that's it? I was like, oh, they ain't making them like this. I hit her up, we ended up being cool. She was in a handful of videos. I would agree with this guy and this goes for men and women. There are so so many attractive men and women constantly being shown to us and our brain isn't able to distinguish like this is a phone this is not really reality so our monkey brain sees all these beautiful creatures and it starts to mess up what we think what a normal woman looks like kind of goes hand in hand with porn in the sense of like people that watch that too much can only objectify women and they can't even interact with them or they just look at them for what they are like physically mm -hmm. what are the percentages of these Ashley's or baddies whatever you want to call them in your local hometown or where you really just be living at. What are the chances you're really even gonna see them anywhere? Not that many. So you're just always gonna what maybe wanna seek that because you're like, oh, this is the bar. I want something that looks like this. So it's like, yeah, when everyone's on social media and everyone is looking for that social currency, that status, what these algorithms are pushing is this stuff. So it's like, is it the beautiful people's fault or is it the app's fault, the algorithm? It's like, there are always gonna be those people. Imagine just guys in relationships with girls. Now they're on Instagram and they're seeing these bad girls. They're now looking at their partner like, I wish you were this mm -hmm. but it's like you'll probably never find a girl that that's that attractive for you or that will even want you but yet you're gonna now not want to be with your partner or mess up your own relationship because you're like oh, i want this though same with the girls though you could find 20 michael b jordan zach efron's on the social media all day doing their thirst trap stuff too so it's like it's not good for us because of our phones because of instagram and tiktok the grass always looks greener on the other side now besides all that we because we obviously know ashley here's me talking to her on the phone right now the beginning his main point was it's not normal or natural to see this many beautiful women in your life really because it's so so rare what do you think about that we didn't have access to it so these beautiful women are obviously still here i don't know like that's on them they couldn't see it 
damn, no, we still here. There's nothing you can do about it, because it is simply you, and you can't stop existing just for the sake of somebody else's life, whatever. Would you agree that it's damaging to men's perception of women when there's so many baddies all collectively being thrown in their face all day when they're on their For You page? You, could you see how that could be detrimental just to men's perception of reality? I don't think it's necessarily just for men specifically, but they might have to think of the name of it. There's a name. They say just the oversaturation of people makes you feel like you have a bunch of options. That's why a lot of people don't settle down because they feel like the next best thing is coming. I feel like it's the same. You know, when they describe it, they talk about when you go to like a store and there's a hundred different samples of just like you're probably not gonna try it but if there's like one sample the rest is gonna overwhelm you know what i mean mm. yeah i completely agree with that so what are you gonna do you're gonna keep posting and causing men mental problems or are you gonna vanish 100 i'm gonna keep posting perfect thank you for your input and have a great day thanks you too something that i think all right and we are back right here on the true gospel morning show with your boy eddie d um, and so as they were talking, there were a lot of nuggets that I pulled from that, um, from that post, um, because again, um, they, 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 they were, they were skimped. They, they, obviously it was cut and crimped, you know, in order to do what they needed to do with it. Um, and so I really would love to have heard the in-depth conversation that they had about it. Nevertheless, it was it's speaking to a truth that I don't think a lot of us really think about in the age of social media. We talked about this before where it are kind of put in our echo chambers. And in these echo chambers, we kind of con construct a reality that makes sense to us. And so if all I'm if all I'm watching is, you know, um, and I'll just throw this out here. It's not to try to bash anybody, but just kind of use my the examples coming to my head. If all I watch all day long is Fox News, then my perception of reality is going to be based upon watching Fox News all day long. I can remember at times when I was watching the news 24-7 all the time, and my wife got on to me because my, percep my perception of reality was getting really jaded. Because I was watching the news all the time, and it's like, oh, this man, this world sucks, this world sucks, this world sucks. And my wife's like, will you please stop watching the news? Because life ain't that bad. Life is really not that bad. They just, they're all they're pointing out is the negativity in it. It's not that bad. And when I took a break from the news, I realized, oh, shoot, she's right. I've allowed these echo chambers that I've been sitting in to distort my vision of reality. And as a result, I was very upset, mad, depressed, hating people. Because I saw what I saw on TV. It was like, oh my God, you know, why is life so bad? It just, just, life just sucks. It just sucks. In that same way, for, for men and women, for men and women, um, our tendency is to, our tendency is to feel as though um, our, um, our lives are based upon the, the 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 life that we have constructed in our TikToks and in our social medias. Our tendency is to believe that this is what reality is instead of actually sitting down and thinking about, hey, you know, is this really reality or is this just a perception that I've constructed for myself? Is this the is this what I've constructed? 
So you have your, your social media accounts set up. What's going on, Asha? How you doing? When you have your social media accounts and the algorithms thereof set up to where you're looking at baddies all the time or you're looking at, you know, good looking dudes all the time, it can distort reality because as, as, it's just like the guy was saying, they think that they're everywhere out there all the time. They're just all the time that like everybody that everybody's a baddie now and that, you know, that's what that they're they're they're, they're literally everywhere. And in the assumption that guys can make and the assumptions that girls can make is that this is what we're supposed to be striving for. Someone who looks like her or someone who looks like him, that they have now become the standard by which we are now trying to gain, you know, love, validation, notoriety, sex, you name it, that these are the standard bearers of which we're now supposed to be trying to um supposed to be trying to um to, to to gain um as people in our lives. And as a result, we miss the inner beauty of a person in favor of the outer beauty that they that they may possess. And so the guy said it before they cut him off. We have to we have to keep in mind are we looking at a person's beauty? Or are we looking at their values? When we're trying to find someone that we want to be with and want to share life with and want to spend time with, I'm not saying to go find just some old regular, you know, schmo or whatever. But I bet you them regular schmoes got a lot of heart. Bet you a regular schmo would appreciate the heck out of us a whole lot more than some of the baddies that we that we tend to chase after. Because, again, as the guy was saying right before they cut him off, the, 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 for the vast majority of the baddies that are out there, they're doing this in an attempt to gain finances, to gain fame, to gain, you know, notoriety, to gain a following. And they may say, I don't care. I'm just posting, but it's again, and, and maybe they're right. Cause I'm not, I ain't got a heaven or hell to put nobody in. I can't judge nobody's heart. You do what you do. You post what you post. Because, again, it's really on us as the consumers. If we don't want them to post, if we don't want them to um to keep posting what they're posting, we got to stop liking their stuff, right? And so, again, you know, but at the end of the day, we have to check to see what what are they what are they what are the values what are they valuing what are what are they what are they truly posting what are they posting for and as a result we can then determine whether or not this you know person is something that we need to be chasing or whatever but again as he as they were saying in the in the script far too often now we've created these echo chambers and these echo chambers are now our version of reality our version of what's what what's supposed what we're supposed to be chasing after what we're supposed to be seeking what we're supposed to be desiring and as a result it feels like more and more by and large we are chasing after materialistic things more so than we are the character of a person that we're seeking after the 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 baddies we're seeking after the bbls we're seeking after the six-pack abs we're seeking after the chiseled chests more than we are the character of a person again i'm not suggesting that we just you know that we just throw standards you know beauty standards out the window 
But notice how beauty standards are so fickle. Right now, we're in the age of the BBL. Five years ago, not so much. 10 years ago, not so much. 15 years ago, not so much. Every through two or three years or so, the, the, the standard of which we're looking for for beauty in women changes. Men, you know, I, I can't say, you know, but it, I'm pretty confident that it changes just by the virtue of what I see dudes wearing now compared to what they were wearing five years ago, compared to what they were wearing seven years ago, compared to what they were wearing 10 years ago. My wardrobe has significantly changed over the years because of the fads that are currently in versus what's currently out. And so again, you know, the, our tendency is to, you know, is to, is to chase after fads and trends. So much so that we dehumanize people. We reduce them to what they look like on the outside. We reduce them to the BBL and the the and the hair and in 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 the lace fronts and you know the the chiseled chest and the six pack abs and the biceps and you know the Terry Cruises of the world and things like that. You know, gotta have a beard and all these sort of things. We reduce people and objectify them. And it's only being perpetuated through our news feeds, through our timelines, through our For You pages. We're the ones falling for it hook, line, and sinker every time we stop to admire something or someone. Because what does the algorithm do? Oh, did you like that one? Let me show you 10 more. And when we objectify and we dehumanize people, what we're saying to them, as well as saying to God, is that the, the, the image bearer nature of who they are is not as important as what they look like on the outside. And we have to ask ourselves, what are we objectifying them for? Because let's call a spade a spade. The baddies know. They know what it takes to get somebody to stop and like their stuff. Even people who are trying to sell products or trying to, you know, you know, um, do good things. Heck, even me. I know what a good camera angle looks like. And I know that if I want my stuff to, to hit a certain mark, there are certain things I got to be willing to do if I want those numbers that bad. And so I know that if I want people to really pay attention to me the way that I know they could, all I got to do is really set up the camera right. All I got to do is, you know, show a little bit more, show a little bit extra, turn on some mood music, get the lighting set up right, and just, you know, make and I can and set this thing up if I if if numbers is what I want if gifts is what I want if you know attention is what I want if redirection to OnlyFans pages and Instagram pages and YouTube pages is what I really want I we I know how to play the game we all know how to play the game very well and so again even people in the faith 
that are on these lives and on these on platforms and things, they know how to play the game. If I want the numbers, if I want the attention, if I want the likes, if I want I know how to play the game. And so, again, you got a lot of people out here, just like Buddy said, these women are not everywhere. You got, they're in Atlanta, they're in Miami, they're in LA, they're in Dallas, they're in Abu Dhabi, they're in um, Dubai, they're in Sydney, Australia, they're in Japan, but they're all playing the game. And so... Our, the per, our perception is being completely distorted thinking that this is the standard. No, they're actually the exception. But because we that's all that our algorithms that all that we're all that we're scrolling through and we and we're and we're stopping and paying attention, that's all the algorithm's going to continue to feed us. And so we as the people of God, we have to be careful that we are not falling for the traps of dehumanizing people and making them objects to be desired. Objects to be utilized for multitudes of purposes. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Buddy said it in the tape. This is, you know, TikTok has become... You know, the Instagrams and them have become gateways to corn. Because if I like this this video, then I go to their profile, go to their link, see what other links they have, go to the OnlyFans page, hit subscribe. Now I got a plethora, and they're playing the game. As a matter of fact, I was reading up on it the other day, and it said that this guy he runs a he runs and or it runs basically an organ uh, an organization a company that has about four or five OnlyFans pages that are running, and he's got whole studios set up. They take the pictures and everything. You got four or five women that are at that are basically chat bots that are um you know talking and, and giving and giving conversations of a certain nature, and it's a whole lucrative business. And they're running it like a business. Like it's not, this isn't just amateur hour. They're they're running a business. And for $5.99 a month, people are and they play and they play the game. And in doing so, we the consumers are having our realities distorted. Because we think that this person is how everybody ought to look, or this is the only version of a person that can satisfy me a specific way. Thereby dehumanizing people. Now, I don't know whether the person that we just showed on the tape, whether or not she cares whether she's being objectified or not. You know, the, and the, the more people you get on your lives and things like that, the more people objectify. I've been objectified before. I understand how the game works. You know, and so again, you know, we have to be careful, but again, we can't control people. People going to do what they do. So the question again, we have to ask ourselves as believers is, are we objectifying the people that are coming through our feeds? And if we are, what does God say about that? Because we know that people are souls. We know that people 
are worthy of dignity, honor, and respect, even if they don't respect themselves. We know that it, we're, 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 we're not to champion the objectification and the dehumanization of people. So what are we doing with our feeds? And how are, how are our feeds distorting reality? You got a lot of people out here in the world now who believe that baddies like her and others are the standard. And so now they're running to the gyms and they're, you know, they're, they're getting the BBLs and they're, you know, they're, 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 they're changing their entire diets and, and, and sometimes going through to extreme measures just so they can try to fit this bill, fit this build that people are saying is the standard. It's like, dude, no, beauty is not about what's on the outside. It's about your heart. But in the shallow down world that we live in today, can people really tell the difference anymore? We, the believers in God, ought to be the difference and tell people, no, it's, it's not about what's on the outside. You know, paint, paint the barn if you're going to paint the barn, but it's not about what's on the outside. Matter of fact, 1 Peter chapter 3 says, do not let your adorning be external the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Now in this, Peter was talking specifically to women, but it's a universal truth. It's about what's on the inside. It's about your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's about the soul. Delight thyself in the Lord. It's about the soul. Lay up not for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust dis um, destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure? Where is your heart? Because whatever you treasure, whatever you value, that's what has dominion over the throne of your soul. And for a lot of us, for many of us, we say we love God. But let me see your phone. Let me check your TikTok. Let me see exactly what has your attention and your affections. I had, and I, again, I had to do a heart check on that for myself. I'm like, dude, when I looked at my Instagram, you know, I was like, this ain't, eh, this ain't, nah, mm -mm, this ain't it. This ain't it. I told y'all the story about, my, about my, the algorithm almost getting me in trouble with my wife one time because she was like, what you looking at that for? I'm like, oh, Lord. Told on myself. I just showed up. Well, you had to let it show up somehow. The algorithm know what you like. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Heart check. 
are you dehumanizing people by what you watch? Are the people that you're scrolling through from, from one time to another, are they a means for you to feel some type of way about yourself? Just check your heart. Just check your pulse. Because again, as we said before, doesn't mean you're out of the kingdom. just means that there is an idol at war for your heart. And you need to take that bad boy to Jesus so that that thing does not supplant God on the throne. It doesn't usurp God off of it. So just check your, check your pulse. Check your heart. Check your algorithms. See whether or not what you're listening to, what you're watching from one day to the next is um, influencing, literally influencing, the way you think and the way you behave in the world. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Thank y'all so much for the 1,500 likes. I really do appreciate y'all so, so much. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to listen to future or past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and catch every episode from inception to now. Certainly grateful for every like, every comment, and every share. When we come back, we're going to answer the question from the chat that asks, why would we submit our will to a God who gives us free will? We'll be right back in just a moment. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show.
watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next two days. Um, and so I'm um, certainly grateful for every person that's on the live right now. Um, the question last week, or either it was either last week or it was Monday, said, why would we submit? Yep, it was Monday. Why submit our will to a God who gives us free will? From 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 for 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 this, I want to go to Luke chapter twenty two. Luke chapter twenty two, starting with verse number forty one. And he withdrew, talking about Jesus, from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and he prayed, and saying, "Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless." Not my will, but yours be done. The reason why God gives us free will is because he does not want anyone to be in a relationship with him who doesn't want to be in a relationship with him. He has given us all the choice. Whether we're going to rock with him or not. All of us have the choice. Whether we, and again, going back to Romans chapter 2, whether you know him or not, he gives you the ability to do what is right according to the culture that you live in. And from there you will be judged, never hearing about Jesus. So everybody has the decision whether they want to rock with him or not, whether they want to do right, or not, whether they want to live for him or live live or live against him. Everybody has that. Everybody has that choice. Now, with those choices come consequences, and that's the part that a lot of us don't want. Why would God create a system where if I don't follow Him, I would be punished? Got a job, right? If you're gonna work this job. You have to submit to the will of the boss. What does the boss want you to do? The boss wants you to do X, Y, and Z. To complete X, Y, and Z. Do this, that, and the third. These are your job requirements. These are the job, these are the job descriptions. Play within these rules. Play within these boundaries. You get paid. The reward is getting paid. There may be some additional benefits. But that's the primary primary description. I'm getting paid. This is, I'm getting paid to do a service. I'm being paid to do the will of the boss that hired me. In that same way, we have the freedom to do whatever we want to do on this job. But there will be consequences for whatever we do that is outside of the will of of the boss. So if we do something that's outside of the will of the boss, the boss has every right to terminate you. No matter how good intention you might be, he has the the the, the power to fire you, to terminate you. If it goes that far, arrest you. Because again, you have the right to do whatever you want to do. You have the power, rather, to do whatever you want to do. Might not have the right, but you got the power. You got the power to do whatever you want to do on that job. 
You just might not get paid for doing whatever you want to do or doing things the way you want to do them. In that same way, God has given us free will. And in that free will, if we choose to believe in Jesus, if we choose to believe in him, we are saying to God, I am submitting my will to yours. Whatever you want me to do so that your kingdom can rule, reign, be known, that's what I'm going to do. So if you want me to jump, tell me how high. If you want me to sing, tell me how loud. If you want me to serve, tell me how low I got to go. Because if I'm in your kingdom, this isn't a president, this isn't a, this isn't a democracy. I don't get to choose the rules. If I'm in a kingdom, I must submit to the king. And whatever the king says I can do and can't do, that's what I can and can't do. And who do we look to as the primary example of submission, despite being able to do whatever he wants to do? Jesus. Because Jesus himself said, I didn't come to do my will, but the will of the one who sent me. At the prayer of Gethsemane, in, in, the, in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says to God, if it's possible, can we do this another way? Is there another way? I know what I got to do. I don't want to do this. Is there another way? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Philippians chapter 2. We find these words. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, in verse number four, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, um, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So Jesus had the power to do whatever he wanted to do. Jesus has the power to do whatever he wants to do. And he chose to do the will of his father. To submit his will to God. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Whatever you want me to go, I'll go. Wherever you want me to serve, I'll serve. Not my will, but thy will be done. That is the heart posture of the believer. Whatever God wants us to do, that's what we're going to do. Wherever God wants us to serve, that's where we're going to serve. Wherever God wants us to, to, to be, that's where we're going to be. Because it's the, the, once we give our lives and surrender our lives to God, our lives are no longer ours. We have died to self. 
doesn't mean that we don't get to enjoy the life that we have, but we enjoy it in so much as it glorifies God. See, the thing, the thing that people don't understand, or let me say this different. Let me say it differently. The thing that a lot of unbelievers don't understand about the relationship and character and nature of God is that they think that by surrendering to God's will, it means that I can't do the things that I want to do. And the question becomes, what is it that you want to do so badly that God says no to? Because in the boundary lines of God, there is a whole lot of latitude. It's a lot of latitude. But often is the case for us as people, we want to do what God said no to. Rebellious. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to do what God wants me to do. And we'll wrap it up into all these different phrases and all these different, you know, things. Oh, it's a patriarchal system. And I'm a feminist. Or um, God condones slavery. Now, I don't like slavery. Or, you know, God, you know, did this and did that. And I don't like that. And I don't understand why God would cause harm to children. I don't see why God would punish his own son. So I don't like that. Or, you know... That's the slave master's religion. So I don't want to believe. Or if God's so good, why is he allowing what's happening in Israel and Palestine to happen right now? That's why I don't believe. If God's so good, why does he allow homelessness? That's why I don't believe. And so we come up with all these excuses to then give us the license to do what we want to do. Now, it's not to say that Christians haven't done some bad things. Like, some Christians have done some really awful, forgive the cuss word, shitty things. Own that. I can't, I can't, can't escape that. And the problem with a lot of Christians is that we don't want to own it. We don't want to own it. Well, God still loves and God still forgives. Yeah, he forgives, but he's also, he's also a God of wrath. He's also a God of wrath. And there are times when we need to hold people accountable for what they've done. Forgiveness, forgiveness, you know, I ain't going to say what I was going to say. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. Sorry, that was my thought. Take that thought from me. Forgiveness is a good thing. But forgiveness does not mean that you don't hold people accountable for, their, for the things that they do. Especially when they've shown a pattern of behavior. See what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that that Christianity has a, a good track record. Even looking in the Bible, Christians are jacked up. We are some really grimy people. That's why we need a savior. Christians can be really grimy. Christians can be really dirty. Christians can be really nasty. 
That's why we need a savior. Because if we, the believers of God, were really the believers in God and submitted our will to God like we're supposed to submit our will to God, a lot of what we see in the world would not be. Our politicians who claim to love Jesus would not act the way that they do. You wouldn't have Representative Bobert, you know, in somebody's concert, you know, getting felt up on and all that type of stuff and wilding out and then causing a whole ruckus and being like, I'm a senator, how dare you treat me like this? And then lie about it on TV. You wouldn't have these jokers out here getting ready to box one another. We're going to have, um, how Michigan Man said, we're going to have um, MMA Washington edition. WWE, you know, we, we, we stationed at the Capitol. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't see this. If our, if some, if the politicians who claim to be Christians were actually submitting to the will of God. A lot of your pastors would not be trying to pull y'all for your money. Every, every 15 seconds of a sermon, they talk about money, 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 money. We'll be trying to wrap it up in, you know, God said, uh, we'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. You won't have room enough to receive. So give, 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 give. Thousand dollar line. Thousand dollar line. Five hundred dollar line. Five hundred dollar line. You wouldn't see that happening if people submitted, if, if Christians really submitted to the will of God. So I'm saying all that to say. We look to Jesus who submit. We look to Jesus who showed us the way to submit. It's not about us. We flourish because we're in the will of God. We flourish because we submit our will to him. We make our plans, but we recognize that God orders our steps. And, and as an example, y'all, I want to do this show Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. But it's exhausting to do this show every day and my job and be a dad and you know and so submit the plan to the Lord but God said no you're not going to do this show every day you're not going to do this show every day as often as you do it glorify me in it but you're not going to do it every day because if you do it every day I'm going to wear you down and I'm going to wear you out And this is the this is the most energetic that I've been by not doing the show as often as I have. And in doing in that downtime, been able to spend more time with the Lord by myself. No one's around, not doing it for y'all, not doing it to try to get a script together. Just me and Jesus having some alone time and wonders for the soul and the body. So yeah, we'd be willing to do a whole host of things. We got a lot of plans, but God is the one who orders our steps. And we delight in that. I could be mad. I want to do this show every day. But for what for, for, for what what good is that going to do to be upset about it? What good does it do to be mad about that? This is God's show, not my show. It's God's will, not my will. These are God's people, not my people. Heck, this live going in and out now as it is. Y'all been talking about it skipping back and forth. And this God's show, not mine. 
He's gonna he's gonna get out what he wants to get out. It's gonna it's gonna say what it's gonna say. If somebody hears it, to God be the glory. If they don't, to God be the glory. It ain't meant to be said, but it's all in God's will and it's all in God's plan. So again, you know, we the believers in God, when we can rest in that, we can chill in that, we can breathe in that, we can relax in that. Wonders for the soul, man. Wonders, because we can finally. Relax. So why submit our free will to a to a to a God who gives us free will? Because it's the best thing we could ever do. The peace that comes from submitting our will to God is unlike anything else in this world. Because I no longer have to worry. He said, you know, be be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. I don't have to fret. I don't have to worry. I don't have to care, you know, so much that I'm, oh my God. Uh, I don't have to do any of that. I make my plans. And then I got, then I say, here, here, here are my plans, God. Do what you will with them. Do what you will with me. Because one way or another, uh, again, and this thing, this is what boils it down. The end game for the believer is that God be glorified, period. That's the end game for all of us. That's the calling on our lives, to glorify God. So if I do this show, to God be the glory. If I'm in my bed reading my Bible or just laying there meditating, to God be the glory. If I, you know, veg out for a little bit on some TV, to God be the glory. If I'm hanging out with my kids and hanging out with the wife, to God be the glory. If I'm at church, to God be the glory. If I'm at home, to God be the glory. If I'm doing my job, to God be the glory. It's it's not about me. It When we make our walk of God about us and trying to do stuff and hope that God blesses it, that's when we're walking outside of the will of God. No, just hear my plans. God, have your way with them. And I'm going to rest. Because God said, cast all your cares upon me and I will give you rest for your souls. <sighs> Bet. I'll take it. I'll take it. The world going all over the place, falling apart left and right. I'm at rest. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's sad to see this the state that we're in, but I'm resting. I'm at peace. I'm good. I think one of the things that I've learned as a believer uh, just this past year alone is that I put too much stock in doing things for God and in doing them for God, you know, getting so, you know, bogged down and frustrated when things didn't go my way. God had to teach me, bruh, your, your, your plans are not my plans. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. Relax. I got this. Stop trying to do stuff. I got this. Just do what I told you to do and relax. 
don't don't worry about this person, that person, this, that, and the third. Relax. Do what I told you to do. All right. And I'm chilling. You trying to do all the go, go ahead, got your girl. Yeah. Mary and Martha. Martha over here trying to do all this stuff. He comes and Jesus is here. Mary like, hey Jesus. Stopped everything. Martha, why are you stopping? Girl, Jesus is here. What you mean? Relax, Christian. Whatever God wills it to be, it will be. Be diligent in all you do. Put, put your hands to the task. But recognize that if it don't come to pass, it's either delayed or denied. But either way, to God be the glory. You're going to be all right. I've missed y'all for the past couple of days. But I enjoyed the rest. And I'm going to enjoy the rest I get all next week. And when God revamps the show to decide what days the show is going to be on, I'm going to enjoy those off days. Why? Because to God be the glory. I'm going to enjoy the time I get to spend with y'all and I'm going to enjoy the time that I get to spend with the Lord by myself. It's a win-win either way. Because the show, God doesn't need the show. <laughs> God doesn't need our plans. He doesn't need our things. He's going to give us the things to do at the appointed time to do them. And in doing so, the people that's meant to be saved or whose hearts are meant to be hardened, God going to do that work. So I'm grateful for the 12 people that have diligently stayed on despite the fact that we've had this internet bad baggage for the past, you know, hour. But y'all were the ones who were meant to hear this today. And so to God be the glory for the 12. Ha, how ironic. <laughs> Thank God for the 12. Hmm. So again, I love I love y'all and I'm grateful um, and pray that you guys have, um, you know, um, have the courage to submit your to submit your will to God, like really surrender to him and watch how your life unfolds. If you truly surrender your life to the Lord, truly say, God, I give this all up to you. I give it. I give it to you. You have at it. Watch what God does. Watch what God does. I'll tell y'all the 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 outside of the pillow that I got, the rest that I've had in God for the past you know couple of weeks has been mwah, chef's kiss. So you're watching the True Gospel Morning Show. It's your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Ran up on this story um, for our saint for something praiseworthy today. Um, it's called Faith Family Farm, um, sharing Christ's love through hunger relief in North Carolina, um, based in, um, it, so the, the place is called First Fruits Farm, um, based in Louisburg, North Carolina, First Fruits Farm was founded by former NFL lineman Jason Brown to share the love of Christ and aid in hunger relief in Eastern North Carolina. Jason Brown was the highest paid center in NFL history, but walked away from a $35 million contract with the St. Louis Rams. Why? He felt God's call to become a farmer. Um, on his website, wisdomforlife.org, he talks about 
um, the journey. They have several videos that talk about the journey of him um, learning to farm, finding the land, and growing and harvesting over 100,000 pounds of vegetables, as well as the many extraordinary events which made it all possible. Um, and so I'm going to play y'all a clip um, of the video, and then, you know, we're going to wrap up our show for today. Hopefully it, hopefully it works out the way that I hope it will. Finally tonight, once you've made it to the big time, why would you ever want to go back down to the farm? Steve Hartman found the answer on the road. At one point, number 60, Jason Brown, was one of the best centers in the NFL. At one point, he had a five-year, $37 million contract with the St. Louis Rams. And at one point, he decided it was all meaningless and just walked away from football. My agent, you know, he told me, he said, you're making the biggest mistake of your life. And I looked right back at him. I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. So what could possibly trump the NFL? You wouldn't believe. Jason Brown quit football to be a plain old farmer. Even though he never farmed a day in his life, how did you learn even to do what you're doing? Get on the internet, watch YouTube videos. So you learned how to farm from YouTube? Yeah. You can still plant your crops. Thanks to YouTube and some good advice from other farmers here in Lewisburg, North Carolina. This week, Jason finished harvesting his first five-acre plot of sweet potatoes. When you see them pop up out of the ground, man, it's the most beautiful thing that you could ever see. He says he has never felt more successful. Not in man's standards, but in God's eyes. But God cares about the NFL. I see people praying to him on the field. <laughs> you better get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of Sorry. people praying out there. But um, when, when I think about a life of, of greatness, I think about a life of, of service, which leads us here, which leads us here, yes. See, his plan for this farm, which he calls First Fruits Farm, is to donate the first fruits of every harvest to food pantries. Today, it's all five acres, 100,000 pounds of sweet potatoes. It's unusual for a grower to grow a crop just to give away. Rebecca Page organizes food collection for the needy. And that's what Jason has done. And he's planning to do more next year. Jason has a thousand acres here, which could go a long way toward eliminating hunger in this neck of North Carolina. Love is the most wonderful currency that you can give anyone. You sure you played in the NFL? <laughs> Yes, because I feel like cuddling you right now. Don't do that. <laughs> Jason may have left the NFL, but apparently holding is still a penalty. <laughs> Steve Hartman on the road in Lewisburg, North Carolina. There's a Hall of Famer. And that's the CBS Evening News. So like I'm always telling you guys, man. You know, there are some good things that are happening out here in the world every day. We just got to know how to look. With all of the bad stuff that happens in the world from one day to the next, we can often assume that things are just falling apart all at the seams. But it's stories like this that remind us 
that there are some good things that are happening in the world every single day. This man walked away from $35 million because he was led by God to grow food, to give away, not to sell, but to give away. There's good things happening in the world all the time. You just got to know where to look. And so again, I encourage all of us today, don't, don't, don't fall for the hype. Things are not as bad as they seem to be. Things are not as bad as they seem to be. They're bad, but they're not as bad as they seem to be. If you just know how to look for where the good is happening, and then if God so compels your heart, replicate it because everything ain't bad. There's a lot of good happening in the world. And so again, just know even NFL football stars who have major massive contracts, even some of them are bona fide straight up believers in Jesus. And they're not just they're not just believers by 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 word, they're also believers indeed. And we can see their example and be led by their example to follow after what God wants. Despite what man may think. Man said, that's making the biggest mistake of your life. He said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And so if he can believe that walking away from $35 million is going to bring him peace, what is God calling you to do so that you too can be at peace in him? I want to thank the 1,500 likes that we've gotten today. I want to thank every person who's graced our floor on today. Thank you for every comment, every like, every follow, every share. I thank you guys so much for your continued support of the True Gospel Morning Show. Thank you for getting up with me this morning. I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. As I always say on this show, y'all know what time it is. If you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.